You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hello, Tim. Hello, Sean. And also joining us today is the one Justin Bodie. It's been a while, Justin. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tim. Nice I'm to see you. Glad, glad hey, you're hey, back. Hey, hey, hey. I mean, I, I was the one that texted you, man. Yeah, but Tim is the MC, so he gets the credit. <laughs> I, I get the hello. Oh, gosh. He'll talk to you later, Sean. I'll drink your beer, but yeah, thank you, Tim. <laughs> Sean, you were at a, you had a training this weekend, right? Like a, 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 what, CLE, is that what it's called? Continuing Legal Education? Or was it, it something it, it, different? It was a conference a of conference. many CLEs. Anything to report? Uh, I went... Okay. It was nothing was exciting there. Uh I missed I missed uh I missed the kids' homecoming. I guess that was the big thing for me. It was nothing like Houston is what you're saying. Uh are we talking about modern Houston or are you talking about the Houston that Justin about, and I experienced? I was gonna say I'm talking about the yeah, the Days in East. The experience was in Days in East. <laughs> you you remember which days in I'm was. guessing something like that. It was nothing like that. No. Sean has alluded to this experience you two had in the last like two or three episodes. Let's, and- be, let's be a little careful about the wording. It wasn't an experience that Justin and I had. It was witnessed. a lot of people. It was more like we witnessed. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I had uh, quite the experience. I was in Austin, Texas this weekend for the oh. Austin City Limits Music Festival. How was that? Uh, it was hot. It was like 90 degrees. Hmm. Down it's there. so weird to hear because right now it's about twenty degrees in, in Minnesota, and I'm not even kidding. No, it's that's true. You're not you're not exaggerating at all. It was ninety there, and the park that the festival is in has no shade, like literally None. no shade. Sounds great. Yeah, and the <laughs> so I was you know, I, now I'm like, oh, I didn't get invited. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah I didn't want to go anyway. <laughs> you wouldn't have wanted to be there. You would have been so miserable, Justin. Are you excited? Were you how how uh, how thrilled was everybody in your family at uh, at your son being named homecoming king? He was probably the least thrilled. <laughs> uh, the rest of us found it pretty amusing, but yeah, it was, it was good. Was yeah. he actually not thrilled, or was it like he didn't want to be overexcited? He wanted to kind of play it cool. Well, he thought it was kind of a joke. All his buddies on his soccer team nominated him. They thought it'd be funny. He started a campaign, and and he won. And he was kind of embarrassed, but I'm sure it was fun, too. This is like a big high school, though. This is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Well, I don't know how big I'm drinking out of the mug from that high school because this is Justin's and my alma mater. He's definitely not with, like, the big popular crowd, but he's well-known and liked, so I guess, yeah, it's cool. Well, congratulations. Do I congratulate you on something like this? I think so. That's how I do it. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take credit. This is exactly how Justin was in high school, by the way. He was... Homecoming King and yeah, right. Like that. <laughs> no one knew who I was. It's well liked and yeah, that uh, part's true. Everybody who knew Justin liked him. Well, because he's a great guy. Because he is a great guy. So we have a little something different 
tonight, you guys. Like we have, we've been on the air, on the air. We've been recording for a couple of years now, over two years, and we've never had like a mailbag episode. And we're kind of doing a mailbag today. These questions came in from our Facebook group, uh, alleged Facebook group. No, it's real. Meta, it's real, Sean. Meta is real to you. Just because you can't post on it doesn't mean it's not real. <laughs> okay. You sh- you should have behaved yourself better on the Facebook. Right. So I should I mentioned this came in. Most of these questions, I think all of them came in from our Steel Pod Facebook group, but several of them came from Stuart, who lives across the pond. He does. And David, who lives in Kansas City or parts nearby. Mm. Um, so these guys are provocateurs on our on our Facebook are you, group. Are you, are you giving them? Are you giving them a title? Is well, like a... they're just they 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 start a is lot this, of interesting. Is this a badge. This is a badge. They start a lot of interesting conversations. I would say these are two reasons you should, if you're not already a part of this community on Facebook, these are two reasons why you should be there. You always need people that will stir the pot a little bit. Like I feel like every good conversation has somebody like everybody's been someplace where like you just go and you sit down and everybody looks at each other and you don't really say much, you know? Yeah. You need, you need somebody to kind of stir the pot. Exactly. So we have six questions. That's right. We have six questions from the Facebook group. I'm going to jump into question number one. Now you guys, I think are, you may not real familiar with these questions. So I'll lay it out for you and you can, uh, you can give your responses. Okay. All right, so this is from Stuart, who I just mentioned. He re- This was after, I think, week five, so maybe a week ago. He said, I received an offer that would kickstart my rebuild, but I don't think it's enough, and I'm not sure I want to give up on the season just yet. Thinking team roster building-wise, how much value would you put on free cap space ready for next year's free agency draft? So the offer he got was he would give up CMC, at 30% of his cap for two years, and he'd get in return Ken Walker at 3% of the cap for one year, and then he said he can extend him for up to five years at a similar price. So I don't have the specifics on that price, but that's the situation. Yeah, that's the relevant So I guess the real question is, how much value do you place on that free agent wiggle room? Well, you know, it depends on who all is going to come available in your league, obviously, but I place a lot of value on it, at least in leagues we've played in. There's usually a couple impact players that are available every year in the auction at the beginning of the year. And if you can take CMC, who is great, but he's also been playing for a number of years and has probably had his best years are behind him and get a young guy that has potential to be good and has looked really good his first few starts, plus 27% of your cap available to spend on a free agency. So it's Ken Walker plus a guy that you can spend 27% of your cap on for CMC, who is great, but he's probably only going to be going down from here. To me, it's a no-brainer. That 3% number is so low that it would be insane not to take that deal. And the reason um, is basically, okay, so let's say CMC is anywhere near market value, which he is. 30% for one player is probably his market value. Then you're going to get if you have that money, in theory, you should be able to get another CMC because I mean, literally three percent is almost nothing. So that is a is a, is is for sure a no brainer. I don't actually lo- always look at it just for what next year's 
um, cap space might be because you, you you never from year to year there may be good free agents and there may not be. I I spend a lot more time. I build a lot through the draft, so I like to have that money to pay my guys contracts as as things escalate, so I can afford to kind of replenish through the draft, and then maybe take a shot at a guy or two in, in free agency if I've got a hole. And and right. you like to extend those rookies even though you don't draft very well. Is that? That's... Should, I, should I remind you what my draft was this year? <laughs> yeah, actually, you should, <laughs> if you want. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll probably cover it. It was. I think it was. I'm pretty happy with, with, uh, you... with uh, Ken Walker and George Pickens and Jahan Dotson, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so I, yeah. I think I think it went well. You, for me. you had a nice draft. I was just teasing you. Last year's draft, though. Well, not so good. It hasn't turned out <laughs> as well. Elijah Moore has done nothing, and uh, and oh. I, I've already cut. Uh, I've already cut uh, Trey Sermon. So, I, I, the, the adding to what you said, Bodie, it, it's a little tricky to know who's going to be out in free agency. I think in some of these leagues where um, players have expiring contracts, and you can kind of predict who's going to be there, right. that makes it a little bit easier. That's not the case in our league, but. Um, so I mean, yeah. we, we occasionally have those guys that are like what we call optioned, where you know that they're this player's for sure going to be out there. But a lot of times, it, it comes down to a question of, hmm, uh, you know, Farhan or Ed or Justin or Tim or somebody has this player at this salary, and they're going to have to give him a new contract. And are they going to keep the player or not? And it might depend on how that owner feels about their chances the following year, whether they want to pay DeAndre Hopkins a, a, a big right. extra a big contract for another year or two, or whether they want to toss that player out in the, uh, in the free agent market and see what they get him for. And the thing in this scenario that makes me think it's even more clear though, is that he said he could extend Walker for another, whatever, three or four years, whatever. Five he years. Said, he said five, five years. years. Yeah. And so, you know, depending on what you think of Walker, I, I happen to like him. He's young back. He's, promising right if you can lock them up at five years at that low of a salary it's not just next year that you're gonna have a free agent you can churn that free agent every year and spend i'm gonna spend 27 percent on yeah. whoever every year is there and then cut them and send a new guy right you can it's it's a lot of power you're getting two players for the price of one and the one you're getting while well, great is also getting older and we you know the shelf life on running backs right it's a good point well in cmc for two more years i don't know that i got it, that might be his career, honestly. Like two years might be. I, I'm not. I don't want to say that, but but the shelf life life for running backs and paying that that money. Right. Like I got Zeke. Uh, he's good. Still a good running back. I just watched him. He looks really good. But as a fantasy asset, he's not worth what I'm paying him. Right. And uh, and I, that's just what happens to these guys. If, if you you start not getting eighty percent of the work, now you're getting sixty percent of the work, and now suddenly you're just kind of another player. Right, and frankly, with the Carolina offense this year, is CMC gonna like carry you to the title? Probably not. I mean, even though he gets a huge share of it, they're just not putting up enough points that you can just say he's like he was three years ago. There's right. some so, there's some trade rumors out oh, there yeah. for CMC. So. CMC to the Rams is the one I'm hearing that the most intriguing about uh, Rams giving giving uh, Cam Akers and some other stuff. I mean, that's not just a thing that people are kind of fantasizing right. about. You know, and Johnny from Detroit answered this question on the, uh, on Johnny's Facebook. answer is wrong. You think so? I have no idea what his answer <laughs> okay. is. I'm just saying. 
Well, I just like how he put it. He said, play the tape forward. And just like you said, Bode, he said, ask yourself what player you could real- realistically get at 20 27% of the cap in free agency. Add that to Walker. And then he was like, would you trade that player plus Walker for CMC yourself? So kind of flip it around. And which side would you rather have? Right. I thought that was kind of a, a good way to look at it. I, I'll be honest with you. Um, if I, I've got Walker at more than 3% of the cap, and if Justin, who has CMC, offered me CMC for Walker right now, straight up, I'd say no. I'll give you a CMC for Walker and your number one next year nah, if you nah. want. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna happen. Not Is gonna that happen. an offer? Sure. <laughs> not gonna happen. Sometimes right. it's just like you know who you got your, like you, Justin drafted CMC. You, sometimes you have your guys and you're a little more loyal to your guys because sure. they came with you. But I, I wouldn't. I don't know. I mean, if I offered you, I, this I, is not an offer. But if I offered you Walker for CMC right now, given their current salaries, which you you get CMC at about, it's three something in our right. League, which so. Is, 20, 30%. A little under 10%. No, no oh, it's no, a little, no. like 15%. Yeah. I'm not good at math. Yeah. That's why we 15%. have you on here. Um, would you? Would, would that be something you would – let's just even take it off of Walker, but Walker or Brees Hall, one of these young backs, would would that be something you would intrigue you? Or you, or you, or you yeah, no, I would do it, I think. And I actually have a team that I want to take a shot at the title this year. I've got a contending team, so the question is – the only ways you wouldn't do that is if you thought CMC is so much better than the guy you're giving up, you're losing your chance to win it this year, right? If I think CMC is going to be the difference maker in me winning the title right now, mm-hmm. then I don't do it. I mean, but it, I don't know that there's enough of a gap between them. I would take the long-term play right. of having a guy for four years, five years, versus another year or two for CMC. I yeah. would do it. All right. All right. On to question two. This comes in from David. He pointed out a week ago that 12 of the starting 32 quarterbacks in week five didn't throw a touchdown pass. His question was, are we heading into a new quarterback era? And I went and looked at the quarterbacks this week. Nine out of the 28 uh, went without a touchdown pass this week. So that's still over 25%. And, by the way, the ones that didn't throw a touchdown pass, almost half of them, four of the nine, their teams actually won the game. That was... Uh, Gino and Gino Smith, Justin Herbert, Zach Wilson, and Carson Wentz. Their teams went on to victory without seeing a touchdown pass from those guys. So, are we in a new quarterback era, guys? I, I guess is the is the new quarterback era crappy passing, or is the new quarterback era quarterbacks that are such dynamic athletes that they don't need to pass? Because some of the players you named right there. I like some of them, but they're not, they're not your Lamar Jacksons, right? They're, 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 uh, you know. I, I think it's crappy passing right now, right? You've got some young quarterbacks coming up that aren't quite ready for prime time. You've got some aging quarterbacks hanging on. But in reality, no. If you watch an NFL game, they call defensive pass interference or illegal contact at the drop of a hat. They, compared to 20 years ago, there's so many more, more passing touchdowns and, and, throwing yards than there used to be in my opinion that the nfl wants offense they like excitement they like scoring they made the rules that way we're just in a little maybe a little bit of a lull but is it a long-term thing i don't think so you've got some young quarterbacks you got some bad weather games in chicago and the rain that make it hard to it is a little show. weird it is so, a little weird though given all the offensive advantages for passing that you still have this many people who can't throw a touchdown pass and and i just i i think some of it is just like we had a large 
rookie class last year, bringing it right in five quarterbacks. And they, they've all kind of underwhelmed. I mean, we've got Wilson Zach, and Zach Fields, Wilson missing right. guys, Justin Fields missing guys, wide open guys on the goal line, missing them by three yards. And, and, uh, Trevor Lawrence, same thing. So uh, Aaron Rodgers thinking he's still got Jordy Nelson, Devonte Adams, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So some of it Tom is Tom Brady, no offensive line. So, it, but like, wh- why were those things not also true before? I, 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 I think the era is. I think we had an unusual surge of elite quarterback play, where we had. Guys, if you think about how many players people were talking about as potentially Hall of Fame quarterbacks in the last 10 years, and that's the aberration. That's I feel like that's the rules. Yes, the rules have helped things, but I also think that there have been a lot of guys who have been um, uh, been exceptional that some of them are leaving the league now or are fading, and the new guys – you get a couple like Joe Burrow and Herbert and whatnot who have shown some stuff, but there's a lot of guys who just, I think, have a lot to learn. So I, you, you both took the approach that uh, David was maybe talking about the NFL in general, but this is a fantasy football conversation. So how does this impact how we approach fantasy? I think everybody knows these Russian quarterbacks are fantasy gold. Is that because of this potential new era, is this something? Is this going to continue? Are those the quarterbacks we should continue drafting in rookie drafts? The ones that have running potential. I think a lot of it depends on your scoring system. We we play in an antiquated system with three point passing touchdowns, which gives the rushing quarterbacks a huge advantage. We can change that. I've no. been, I've been asking for it, <laughs> but it hasn't happened. We got a quarter of the league sitting in the room right now. So. <laughs> yeah, but you're, he's, he's already a, Bode he's, just he's, voted he's, no. He voted nay, but um, but other leagues where you have maybe like six, equal passing and rushing touchdowns. Right, and you asked, you know, what do you draft? I still love the running back upside, right? right. If they can run the, the running the running quarterback, yeah. but also look at the guys that have a receiver around them, and. Obviously, you don't always know that. Sometimes that comes later. Like, you know, Joe Burrow, now that he's got Chase, is a lot better. Tua, people were writing him off, and he has a six-touchdown game when you put Tyreek and Waddle together, right? And, you know, it's one game. But, but also David, where they but, are and what, you know. and but don't Carr, have a, But Carr, Derek Carr is arguably still, not any better now that he's got Devontae as right. well. So, I don't – I mean, there is a, that is an interesting question whether – quarterbacks make the receiver receivers make the quarterback i think it's a combination right they both need each other so maybe Carr's just mediocre right but it can you help them fix, be a slightly mediocre average. right yeah all right on to question three uh we talked about fire sailing last week but we didn't talk much in that episode anyway about how you know that you should fire sail so the question that we got was, at what point do you guys pack it in and start thinking about next year? How do you decide, I'm done, I need to, I need to do what I can to, <laughs> to get the high draft pick next year and, and sell off my assets? I mean, to me, that, that doesn't really ever happen to me because I'm always in contention. No. Uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> my answer. <laughs> no, realistically, if you have a chance to make the playoffs, you don't pack it in because you get in the playoffs and... You get some 
free agent pickup or somebody has a couple hot weeks, you can win it if you can get there. It's usually not the best team that was the best all year that wins because people regress to their average, right? And a team that was just good enough to make it, maybe their guys have their good weeks during your playoffs. So if, if you think, hey, I can still have a legitimate shot at the playoffs, you go for it. If you're looking and realistically your playoff chances are low then you start selling those overpriced guys that might help someone now like maybe you've got a cmc we were just talking about he's got another year or two left and he's valued as someone in contention you can get some pieces to build for the future maybe you do it at that point how do you know you aren't in contention for the playoffs though that, i think that's probably the key question i would say the first thing i look at is is my team located in davenport Come on, that's just that's, that's just, too inside ball. That's yeah. just a that's just a shot for me saying you don't draft well. It okay, is. we're even. No. We're even. Right, even Steven. <laughs> no, but I mean, what's your lineup? Do you look at your lineup and you're like, this guy? I, I've had injuries that I can't replace a guy. There's no one on waivers. I have to like mortgage the future to just get in the playoffs. Don't do it. If if I've got guys who have been or maybe about to come back from injury or they've been playing and been unlucky had like a lot of yards and touches but just no and haven't been in the end zone i think maybe that'll come even out then maybe i hang in there a little longer but if i've had all my guys hurt and there's no one viable to replace them on waivers and i'd have to like sell the future to acquire mediocre players to try and make it then then yeah, pack it in yeah so i try to play both games at the same time so for me when I look, when I'm disappointed, like in how things are turning out for me, let's say I've got a player that I thought had an, another year or two left, and he doesn't, you know, uh, or uh, some other things kind of um, are just not looking tip top after a few weeks. You were excited about Allen Robinson. Yeah, you're excited about Allen Robinson. Rams, and, and it's clear. And you got him, and like, oh, my God, he's getting one. Zeke is going to reperform like he did a few years ago. Right. I mean, I think that, that is, that's a good example. Although, so Zeke would be an interesting one because yeah. he's still – He's still got value. He's still playing, and he's still doing well for his team. But ultimately, he's not getting – he's not performing as a fantasy asset in the way that you would have expected him. So, I mean, for me, like I'm, I'm always looking at okay. Well, I'm still going to put out. I'm still going to roll out my best lineup, and I'm still going to try to win each of these games. Simultaneously, I start looking at the things that um, I, I'm not relying on long term, and I might replace. I might replace a, a, a guy like Zeke, who maybe only has a couple years left, for with a younger guy who might not do as well or maybe I, I try try to acquire a, a guy who's not doing anything this year like JK Dobbins or something like that that I think okay let's say I think that this guy could be could return to form and be good next year I'm going to try to buy low on that guy and then he might actually end up being pretty good this year too you don't know but but at least I'm I'm I, I start doing a I would say a, it's like a soft fire fire sale where I'm I'm replacing I might not be completely blowing the barn out and getting rid of everything everything must go but i might get rid of things that i can that i can uh uh i i i call this what i said what i was doing this year was a soft reboot right or a soft rebuild yeah. rebuild and i feel like that is that's kind of what that ends up looking like is is you look for opportunities to to get pieces that you like 
that may not perform this year. They might be a few yeah. things for the future. And, and I'd never actually fire sale. Like, there's no rush if you have a guy. We're using Zeke as, as an example that maybe your team's not going to probably go anywhere this year. You don't need to just sell him now to the first low bidder. They wait till he has a two touchdown week and someone else has someone go down that's a contender and try and sell him, maximize his value. Don't just fire sale like I'm out of it. Who wants my good guys? Like right. pick your times and your approach people when it, you can maximize what you can get for that I, guy. I is, say, is there a week that you guys like? So I, 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 would, I, I know what, I know what my team is after week blank. Is there a week where you say that? Hmm. I, I don't know. I've had times where I thought I was out of it, and then you win your last five in a row and sneak into the playoffs. You, yeah. you never you never know. It depends on your roster, really. I, I think in, in where I, I'm just going to disagree with you slightly on, on the like Justin expressed it. Like I, I'm not into fire selling. For me, the fire sale is the thing to do early, and it's to like this is a great year to do a fire sale because you think, and this is by like. In our league, what Ed has done, which is basically caught everybody in his team and, and went with all young guys and tried to get players to the auction, and it's not enough. He's over six right now, and uh, he's very likely to get Bijan Robinson next year, right? So for me, that that's the, the reason to do that early is to basically short your team to guarantee the number one overall pick in a year where that pick is particularly valuable. Sure. All right. On to question number four. Unless, Bodie, you had something to add before no, I was just going to say that's like that example of Ed is going to get him one player at the top of the pick and maybe a high second, which is great. But look at the way another guy in our league, Yatton, did it a few years ago. He traded a lot of his, he traded away Derek Henry, um, Mike Evans. I can't remember who all, like some good mm -hmm. players, but he picked his spots to do them. And acquired a bunch like multiple high picks the next he got year. Really lucky too, he, he did get yeah. lucky, yeah. but if you can kind of pick your spots and place where you're going, those guys maybe can maximize your assets. I'm just saying, don't be in a rush to say I'm fire sailing and yeah. get and, rid of them if you can maybe get more for them, right? And you're saying he got lucky because the teams he traded them to ended also up ended up being terrible. He ended up yeah, getting the top three picks, yeah, the, the top three picks yeah. in the draft, and that yeah. was not expected when he made those trades right all right question four let's say someone is making you a trade offer how much do you factor in salary and contract considerations now this might seem kind of simple on the surface but let's say you're in the middle you're 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 not about to win it all you're not fire sailing you're just kind of in the in the great middle um so maybe salary doesn't matter as much there because you're not in an immediate kind of situation so how much how much if you're kind of floating around in the middle there how much does salary matter to you and the contract i think it depends on what you're giving up if you're not giving up some cornerstone piece and what you're getting back is high salary it, it doesn't really matter right because it's the opportunity cost of what else could you spend that salary on usually by like week six like who's a free agent that you're going to spend all this extra salary on in most leagues there's not a lot of value out there and if you're not giving up a cornerstone piece and you're getting a guy that might put you in the playoffs and he's expensive, well, get him just for this year, ride it out. You got to spend that money somewhere. Go for it, right? Um, if you're being asked to give up some cornerstone piece for an expensive guy that's a short-term fix and you're not sure about it, then then you weigh the salary more into it. But, and when you say cornerstone, is this a guy who's already established 
or somebody that you view as maybe being a piece on your team for a long time? I think someone you view as a piece on your it, team for it, a long time at the right salary. I it don't think it has players. to be an established player. Like, no. Right now, if you were to ask me who's a cornerstone piece on my team, Ken Walker is more of a cornerstone piece on my team than Zeke is. Right, mm-hmm. like uh, the next three years, who who you're going to be counting on, right? Right. So, so if I'm building, you, you know, if you're talking about a, a player that um, moving something that you're going to be relying on for a, a, a big chunk of your future in the in the near future, I'm with Justin on that. I do think, though, I in some ways I care a lot more about the contract if I, if I'm than I do about the salary. So for for me, that's like the the salary is just it's like it's like for me, it's like math. Can I fit this person under the cap? Does this tie my hands in the future? Like, does this put me right up against the cap so I have no no maneuverability? Um, I I care about that kind of stuff, but really, the the salary is only that much relevant to me in terms of, of me figuring out how long can I keep this player on my team? And maybe it's because it puts me right up against the cap. And so I have no maneuverability and I can really, I'm going to have to give him up after a year, no matter how long his contract is. But ultimately if he's got a short contract, then, then that you get to get to the same spot. So I kind of care more about like the, the, how long the longevity, how long can I keep this player than I do with the actual dollars that I would be putting forth on that player. Right. And I just think, you know, maximize your your cap space to get what you can. An example was my team a year ago. Tim, you and I made a trade. You gave me Aaron Jones at kind of an expensive salary for a rookie pick because I had a team that was ready to win but needed another running back. Right. I took him for a year, used him, traded him this year. Um, it, it, when he was getting really expensive just to move up like five spots in the rookie draft to get the guy I wanted. Um, so I could use him. I didn't handcuff my team long term i just had him for a year and then flipped him for what i could to get a little bit and you know helped me to the playoffs last year I didn't win but that was my approach so it's the it's the great it depends you really <laughs> got to look at you but it's true you have everything to, always depends yeah you, you have to look at where your team's at you're in the middle of the season what else you're going to spend that money on anyway yeah there's a lot of considerations that go into it I mean, it's not kinda, as simple as it seems that's that's the that's the difficulty of this type of league this is why people who do salary cap leagues do it because right. it's a always it's a multi-faceted decision anybody can just tell you <clears throat> this guy's my number 14 ranked dynasty player i'm not trying to make fun of dynasty regular dynasty leagues but they're really simple man they're just they're just regular leagues that you're thinking about a little bit more length of time right but it's not there's no there's no it, it's not like something's one-dimensional and this is that's two-dimensional but like these leagues are like three-dimensional or fourth-dimensional like you're thinking about multiple things so there's no way you can just kind of give an answer what you can do is you can give an answer that kind of gives a philosophical answer that allows you to think about things in in a different way and for me i think how long can i keep this player on my team if i'm a if someone's offering me a certain player how long can i keep him on my team the reason I regret the trade exactly. The reason why I traded Josh Allen instead of Justin Herbert in our current league was in my mind as like, I know I like Allen more than Herbert. I have, I, I can, I basically have him at a cheap salary for three years. Herbert, I'll have on a cheap salary for eight years. So 
that was the that was why I moved down instead of Herbert. I would do it differently. <laughs> but, but but five years from now, I might be like, boy, thank God I right. you right. right you might thank might God I made true. I made that choice. You don't know right right it, yeah. And all I'm saying is, if you're in the middle of the season, you can maybe win this year and you have available cap space you might as well use it don't get right. so hung up on it that there might be some guy that emerges that i might be able to get if you can get a guy now so yep. you can always trade that guy or cut him right, right. And so yep i think that makes a lot of sense all right this question's maybe a little bit tied to an earlier question um about when when do you kind of give up on your team or when do you act i guess is maybe a better way to say it so this came in from a reigning champ um, and after week one, he had just posted his lowest score in three years. So, and part of it was that a bunch of guys on his team got injured in week one. So like Dak went down, uh, Elijah Mitchell, Keenan Allen, um, Cam Akers wasn't playing, I think very much that week. So, or, or today, <laughs> well, so, but I told you these, these guys, I love, I love that. I love the the victory lap. Mm. Um, I don't like the victory lap of a guy who's not recovering, but it, I did right. tell you not to do it. That's true. But a bunch of guys he was relying on um, didn't didn't pan out, at, at least in week one. How do you win with that roster? Or well, do you have some other people he's, he's not mentioning. That, that was the thing I thought. I was like, no, but it, if you think if reigning you, he probably he's got other players. He's got to have other players. Minus Acres, though. If you look at that list, like that's a pretty good lineup for, from yeah. last year, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, it wasn't looking good for him after week one. So the question was, how does everyone play a situation like that? Do people try to move, you know, like make moves right away so that they don't go zero and four to start the season? And he's talking. In particular, trades, not just waiver pickups, or do you do you hang in there and just kind of trust that you built a roster that's going to rebound? Even though I think you know these guys, we knew they were going to be out for a while. Is it after this week is, do one? Do you panic? Do yeah. you panic and make a flurry of well, moves, or do you do you look at this and be like, "Well, my so season's over. I might as well." Because because the names he listed here, like he, we knew these guys were going to be out for a while. Well, we not yeah. Yeah, I mean, we knew some of them. But, you know, Akers was maybe going to get more work. He, we just didn't know for sure he would suck, but he did. I did. I but did. but well, we knew we knew Dak and Mitchell <laughs> and Keenan. Those guys were yeah. all. But the other thing is you can't, you can't overreact to one week either. So the part about this is the lowest I've scored in three years. Who cares? Like, I, I it's week to that. week. Like, it's one. you can't worry about that. Yet. The lowest I've scored in the last three years, I think, was this week against Tim. And you probably won. Right? No, I lost. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, didn't Sorry, even, I didn't even want to win, then, and I won the Steel the, Bowl. Yeah, Tim won the Steel Bowl. He's trying to lose. I lost it. I'm trying to win. Oh, well. my, and my and my tight end beats your tight end, by the way, Sean. Yeah, I, I mean, see, I, I know you cheated because you also started Kittle. Well, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. We went. We agreed to go head to head in tight ends. I started Kittle over Gallup, and it was the right call. Okay. I got scored thirty three <laughs> points by a tight end against me the week before Taysom Hill. Oh, yeah. that tight end. How many receptions is Zero receptions get? for tight end, but 33 points. You, but luckily, I won by .02 or something somebody, on, on Monday night. I can't remember who it was. Someone had scored like a 40-yard touchdown for me in the waning minutes on the website. So I had a 99% chance to lose, and then it flipped to 100% chance That's to win great. with like two who's, minutes. Those are the who's starting Taysom Hill against you? Ed. My goodness. Wait, That's wait, what, Ed won a game? No, no, no he, he lost. He lost in the last seconds. Oh, he's so close. 
Hey, we got off track. Uh, yeah, but that's a- so. <laughs> no, we don't want to. You don't want to panic. Like when if your team doesn't score great, but but these situations where he knows he's going to be missing some so key here's pieces what I say. You, for you, a while. Dak is missing for a bunch of time. If you don't, he's got Aaron Rodgers, so maybe you're not worried about it, right? So you think, okay. Now, if it's a, if have you it's, watched the Packers play lately? No, I'm just saying after week one, he was looking at this and he was thinking, oh, okay, I'm I miss I'm down my quarterback. I don't know if this is a one quarterback or, or superflex league. If it's a superflex league, then I'm probably packing it in, honestly. And when you also got Eli Mitchell gone, who he probably was relying on being. He'll probably get back. some undrafted guy to replace him next year, so he's probably done. <laughs> right. I mean, let's I mean, be real. Yeah, right. They, or they, who knows? But, yeah. but, the, but the reality of the situation is is he was going to be gone for 10 weeks. So now you're looking at that. Then you look at Keenan Allen, who maybe you thought he would be back in a reasonable amount of time, but hamstrings, notoriously difficult. Now let me throw Fickle. this out. Remember, he's the reigning champ, so... Yeah. He feels like he's got a pretty good team, probably, and is a, and could has has a chance to repeat, right? So it kind of depends on the rest of your roster. If you feel like, hey, I can still put together a competitive team, you maybe trade Keenan Allen because he's been around a while, and you can maybe get something. He's not maybe he's a cornerstone piece. Yeah, Allen, I, I, don't, I don't know, but maybe if, if you Keenan can, Allen. but you don't necessarily pack it in if the rest of your team is good if if that's like the core of your team if these are your depth players i think is your yeah. thing if these, if these are depth like players and, you, and you're so deep that it's not that big of a deal like yeah you got Dak and rogers but you've also got joe burrow but i think his question though is not necessarily do i pack it in but do i make trades to try to keep this team afloat but to me it's one or the other to me it's you're either packing it in or you're going all in in the other direction so if these players are critical pieces, I don't think I think you're gonna to have to give up way too much capital to do that. Unless some of these guys in our league have mastered the art of the trade and they're like, Well, I, I mean I've got eight, I've got eight of the twelve first round picks next year. So I gotta I, I you know, you get these questions. Okay, great, then fine. Trade some of those first round picks and keep keep the ship afloat. But um, you know, I, I can't keep them all anyway. Fine. If you're losing four starters week one and and yeah. they're the integral piece of your team, then so yeah. you you would say maybe just well, I wouldn't give it up, but I would I wouldn't necessarily work be to... trading future assets thinking they're going to come back because you don't want to mortgage your future over a lost cause, but yeah. you still try and be competitive and piece together what you can maybe make some smaller trades or but don't you sacrifice know. your future. Yeah. And you mentioned Farhan and I just want you to know, we did invite him to join us tonight. Where is Farhan? And he refused. So we can say anything. <laughs> he doesn't want to give up his him. secrets. He didn't no, that's what he, that's, he's so competitive that he, he won't share his knowledge with the thieves. And I think it's a shame. That's that's why terrible. That's why we fired him. We fired him. That's right. We (laughs) fired him. All right, you guys ready for the last question? I've got more beer. Give it to me, man. Okay. Uh, This comes in from Drew. I don't know where Drew is from, but that's so much more fun if you know where Drew's from. Should we make it up? Uh, Yes. Where Where should we have Drew be from? Sheboygan. Sheboygan, Wisconsin. I was going to say Devon, but. (laughs) <laughs> that's, canadian. that's canadian canadian yeah. canadian all right okay so uh, i like that because it's more international right now our primary international uh personality is Stuart. 
That's true. And I think we need to diversify. Let's go with Drew from Devon. Or Devon. Devon? I, I don't know the pronunciation. It's your team, Sean. So Drew writes, <laughs> I, I know there are... So he he's not in a salary cap league yet. He's What? He's going to start. Okay. But but he's in our Facebook group no, I love it. for this. No, so I love it. I Drew, totally love it. That you're doing this the right way. And I so, spend a lot of time talking to people in this situation exactly uh, on social media and whatnot. And so I love it. Yeah. So thinking about it, you're thinking about doing things the right way. Uh, the question is, I know there are a lot of ways to do this, but what are the best practices for assigning contract value during a salary cap startup? Question is, do you do an auction for the startup? Or do you do a, a draft where each pick has proportionately declining value based on the slot? So, and the example he gave was the the pick one hundred one and the pick two twelve would be the same cost as the pick one twelve and the two one. Yeah, I mean, I think you're trying to get the little. So. I don't trust if you have an. I have a very strong answer on this. So I don't know if I want. I think to, we agree. I don't. Yeah, I don't then, know that I want he, to bully the room. He also yeah. said, "Or is there another way?" Yeah. So maybe. So I'll the, tell. You, let me start with another way that I've heard, and then I'll tell you why not to do it. Okay. So, the other way that I've heard, and and like this is a lot of it is people trying to make it easier, which I appreciate because a startup salary cap league can seem a little daunting. Um, we, we, we did an episode right in the beginning about how to do it. Episode I think, 15. I think Justin was in on that one too. Justin right? was there. Yeah. Justin Maybe. was there. You oh, were you, there. Oh, you were you there. for sure. Were. All right. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. You were the, for sure. you were, you were the genius. star of that show. I don't think we would have done it without you. <laughs> no, I think it was nice. But it was episode 15 if you want to go listen. True. So, yeah. It's worth others. it. It is worth it because it's, it was outside in my yard during COVID. Okay. Um, so, uh, you see how I use the past tense there? Yeah. It's yeah, over. That's right. We're, I think Biden said it's over, right? Didn't he did, declare the pandemic over? Did he really? I think. Is that his, is that one of his presidential It's powers? now endemic. No yeah, longer pandemic. Yeah, yeah something like Justin that. Just get your flu shots, you know, or right. COVID shots. So here's the deal. Um, I've seen people try to do a thing where they use a third source, like they will get auction values or something they'll they'll find some other source and they will try to create a salary thing based upon the values assigned by some other entity and this is really not a whole lot different you're basically just doing a and then they do a draft and pay them that salary is that how I it think works that I, 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 yeah I think they, so yeah. yeah you know what actually the, the using the third th party thing was I think it was a conversion they were trying to convert a league that they currently had and so they were saying we want to keep the players that we currently have but we want to give them contracts you could so do they, though they'll they, draft they, a guy at this salary and if yep, you take it, him and that's how much you so pay yeah. basically over the course of time as long as uh, uh, the, the free market principles are in place salaries are going to work out it's just really what it looks like in the beginning and there's weirdness no matter how you start out if you start out with a f straight free agent auction for all free agents there are weird things that will happen you're going to get the top running backs going for half of a cap right that would never exist in, a, in, in another in a market where not everybody had the money so that's kind of weird in of itself i just take the the opinion 
in a league like this, let the market do things. So I know I sound like an extreme capitalist. I'm actually not an extreme capitalist, but but I feel like for this purpose, you should do it as an auction because I think it's the best way of assigning value. And this, um, and the second reason is because auctions are freaking fun. And we've never had in this league every single player being available except for that first auction, which you missed out on. True. You were invited. And other commitments. <laughs> you had other commitments. I get it. Multiple and, leagues were tough to do back then when you had to score by hand in the newspaper. That, I'm just saying, you get the Monday a, paper and the Monday that, night, that and the is Tuesday a solid defense. You get the Tuesday paper and the Monday night game went late, so the box score wasn't there. So you then had oh, yeah, the yeah. Wednesday be, paper. Would say to late. Score. Yeah. <laughs> the game yeah. would say late, and you're like, how am I going to get this information? Because the internet doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, so that's what I would say. I, for me, I I believe in the auction. I I think you can. I'm with you. I think it, you can have a rookie allows, draft for the rookies, but, but... But even, I think, a startup, let everybody be in the auction, allows different strategies. Someone wants to pay big bucks for aging guys and try and win now. Another person's going to be you know, saving for all young players and values. It allows different strategies to start up, and it's a, like you say, it's a free market. Everybody can do what they want, and everybody has a shot at every player at a startup. Mm -hmm. So yep. auction, yeah. Go, go auction the first time. And then that sets the salaries, and then whatever and, your incremental raises are, and whatever you set the league, that's determined. But like the initial price, let it be a free market. And I think I think it, it does a little bit of there's a certain amount of uh, you know you're you're, you're having you had, you do this auction, everybody gets the experience of that auction, and like this crazy thing which might take many hours to do. You really have to commit a lot of time to it. And if you're not all in the same city, it's going to be different. Order some pizza, bring some beer. Order some pizza, bring some beer. Take some that's breaks. the best part of the year. Take some breaks. I think we went swimming in Mark's pool. Um, did we go swimming in Mark's pool? We did. We did. And we admired the dead animals on his wall. Safari. It, it, was, yeah. uh, it was a really nice evening. It was. Yeah. Uh, so, but you do that, and people gain that experience just from that, that one crazy event. And then every other year when a lot fewer players are available, um, you have some memories of how things went. And we can Sharpie. build off of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mushi Muhammad. So, anyway, so. Wait, uh, you guys. <laughs> so, okay. So do you want me to tell this brief story? I'll well, I, I was just going to say the, the what you both just did are moments from our auction like 23 years ago. Like, right? Uh, Has it been that long? Or yeah, I'm not even sure if Justin was in the league. For no, but I've just these. heard the stories. Yeah. But. It was, uh, yeah, like memorable stuff we still talk about. So yes. anyway. Yeah, they're fun. Do it that way. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't, the Wayne Charbet thing, I think it was just. Wayne Crabet. He didn't know how to pronounce his name. And the other one, <laughs> and this is the same guy, by the way. The other one was he wanted a wide receiver named Machine Muhammad. And, and $1 million for us was, is what percentage recap? Like 125th? It's 4%. 4% recap. He goes, Machine Muhammad, $1 million. And it was crickets in the room because nobody wanted Machine Muhammad. And he was like, come on, guys. Come on. He begged. And then he was just like, no, I want, I want a redo. I, I don't want I don't." He, he could have got him for point he one, he 100000 He could have got him for the minimum, which is 100000 And we relented and let him do it. And then he, he said, this is how you know the market is involved. Cause he goes, point uh, one on Machine Muhammad. And we're like... Uh, and then everybody just bid him up to $1 million and stopped. 
Because we knew he was really we knew willing what, to we knew, pay what, that. we knew what he was willing to pay for Mishima Ahmed, so there's no one was going to <laughs> let that slide. That's great. Well, thank you, Bodhi, for being here today. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, we'll have to have you back soon. I, I don't know when the last time was, but we have to make it sooner. Well, I don't study. I just talk BS we, we and have fun. I just come just to, to talk the, BS for the social aspect. We enticed you by saying you won't have to prepare anything. Right. Right. I'm just going to ask you questions. Right, and there's some we made the same a good nice growler beer here too. Well, there you go. This is from uh, Starry Eyed Brewery in Little Falls, Minnesota. It is I can't remember the name of it, but it is Scottish a, Ale. It's a Scottish Ale, and it's there's Scotch Ale. Scotch Ale. Scotch Ale. Scotch Ale. Scotch Ale. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, that that if that's all it takes, I'll uh, I'll go grab a growler, and we'll see you next week. Sounds good. And Thieves, thank you for joining us today as well. We'll see you next week. And until then, bye-bye. Later. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod.